Welcome to a live and active life, broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. Ever wonder what God looks like? I remember being intrigued with this as a child. What does God look like? How about Jesus? There were no phone cameras back when Jesus lived on earth, so we have no pictures. We don't have any life portraits of God either. So, a lot is left to imagination. Still, God's Word gives clues, not about God's physical appearance. Rather, it paints a masterful portrait of God's nature, personality, and character. And it uses characteristics of God's face as a tool to communicate His appearance. So what does God's face look like? Let's look at some characteristics of God's face from Scripture. We'll explore a few of many personifications of God that are recorded in Scripture. Let's first look at His eyes and ears. Three examples. The first one is from 1 Peter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Notice, His eyes, ears, and His face are part of His interactions with people. Now let's turn to 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9a. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. In this passage, His eyes pinpoint His children to give them extra strength. How about James 5, verse 4b? The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. God tunes in to the needs of His people. Those are three of many more personifications of God's eyes and ears that are recorded in Scripture. Now, let's look at his mouth. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3 says, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. God uses his mouth to feed his people with words that promote health, strength, guidance, instruction, and encouragement. Or let's just go back to Genesis 1. The verse simply says over and over again, and is repeated throughout the chapter, God said. This whole chapter records that when God says something, all kinds of things happen. Creation is born. Something is made out of nothing. His words are very powerful that come out of His mouth. Okay, let's look for a minute at his nose and his hands. Isaiah 65, verse 2 and 5b. All day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations. Such people are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that keeps burning all day. The distasteful smell of disobedience is like breathing in burning smoke. God continually reaches to people with His hands. 
And the second example we'll look at is 2 Corinthians 2, verse 15. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ. In this verse, we see that God welcomes the aroma of your life as you trust and obey. We're going to look specifically into Psalm 11. In my quiet time recently with God, I studied that passage from Psalm 11, and something caught my attention. I could have just breezed over the words, but surprise caused me to linger. As I leaned in to hear from the Lord, I saw something new. But first, I'll set the context. This psalm talks about God as a refuge during sorrows and during long waits. He brings justice. His throne is established. It also says he tests the righteous but hates the wicked. Readers must decide for themselves about God's love and character and if he is for you. The psalmist nods at wicked archers who bend their bow and shoot in the dark. You know, those enemies that pursue you every day? Guess what they're aiming at? Your heart. The psalmist feels under attack, misunderstood, abused. So he decides to trust God and take refuge in Him. He hints that he doesn't need to understand before trusting God. It's not necessary to have things all figured out before surrendering to the God who loves him. He simply chooses to trust and obey, even while under attack. Then he rests in God during the aftermath. However, he says a most interesting thing about God's face, and this is what caught my attention. The end of verse 4 says this, His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. Eyelids, not just eyes. I pondered what this might mean and started cross-referencing other scriptures. I found some interesting ideas. First of all, from Job 7, verses 17 and 18, it says, What is man? that you make so much of him and that you set your heart on him. Visit him every morning and test him every moment. Then Psalm 7-9 says, Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end, and may you establish the righteous, you who test the minds and hearts, O righteous God. Psalm 26-2 takes this slant. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. And then Psalm 139.23 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. How interesting! Testing mankind every moment. Testing the minds and hearts. Your mind and heart and mine. Proving. Searching. I thought God knows everything. He knows every mind and heart, every outcome. What is this saying about God as He tests our hearts? I think these scriptures are more about us than God. 
and I think it has something to do with his eyelids. Just so you know, I didn't remember God's eyelids ever mentioned in the Bible. I have read and meditated on many other personifications, God's face, his eyes and ears, mouth, nose, arms, etc. Why mention eyelids? It seems very specific, a new idea. I'm not a Bible scholar, but as I prayerfully spent time on this, couched in the context of this psalm, which I've already shared with you, a thought occurred to me. This thought grew into something that excited my heart, and I found myself encouraged and blessed. A possible interpretation landed. In fact, I even smiled as I pictured the idea of God's face, specifically His eyelids. I journaled some thoughts as I pondered this idea of eyelids, specifically that eyelids blink. Here are some of the things I've written. You love me, but wisely test my heart and character. You see all things. Your eyelids test the children of man. It's as if you give me, and all your children, the space of a blink to respond back to you in faith and obedience. You create a pocket of time, a blink of your eyelids, for me to practice your character to pass your test and prove my faith and love for you. As your eyelids blink each day, I have many opportunities to grow in obedience to you. I can flesh out what your eyes already see, my original design. This idea, it's hope, it supports human free will. Think of it, a blink. Go ahead. Right now, blink. Less than a second, but still, it's a space in time. Let's creatively develop an allegory. The eyes of God give a blink to you, a pause, to give you time to decide if you are all in with Him, to believe and obey no matter what. Even when wicked archers who bend their bow and shoot at you in the dark which was part of the psalm that we quoted earlier. You can bring your pierced, shot-up heart to God who loves you. He wants to heal your heart. God's love means there is no need to understand before trusting. His love enables you to wait in obedience, even if it's a long time. In a blink of God's eyelids, you can respond back to God with love, faith, and obedience. How are you responding in a blink? A blink of an eyelid is a small space in time. God knows and sees all, but He gives you the space of a blink to respond back to His love. His penetrating gaze and knowledge are couched with purest intentions for you, the child He created. God loves you so much, and your love, freely given back to Him, is a priceless gift. In a blink, you can agree with God and declare, Yes, I'm with you, Lord. You know me inside out, and I want to pass this test. I want to be the person you created and accomplish my life purpose. Help me obey 
and be willing to wait. Even as I suffer, help me pass your test and be healthy in my mind and heart. How are you responding to God's blink as His eyelids test your heart? Why not submit your heart and character as it's being measured? Do you know what else eyes can do? Well, they can wink. A wink can bring warmth to your heart, fill you with needed assurance and peace, remind of a strong bond of love, and set your mind at ease. Why? Because the one who can make a difference is watching you. He is giving you a blink of time to trust him. And then he reminds you with a wink that he loves you as you are. God is committed to your life and your well-being. Here's a thought you can hang on to. The blink and wink of God's eyelids assure you of his love. As always, some application questions and thoughts. Here's a question, number one for you. Do you want to see God's face and know him better? Question number two. Are you watching for his blink each day? Today, so that you can respond well and please him. Third question, are you responding with assurance and reciprocated love back to his wink of love and protection? And then question number four, why not give God a smile from your heart? A smile that shows that you trust him as your refuge, even during sorrows and long waits. You know, he's alive. And you can have an alive and active life. You belong to God. Know this deeply and live in this place of great blessing. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with Alive and Active Life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org. Your web-based home for resources, including books and e-books, libraries of articles, podcasts, shareable images, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.